0: This podcast is brought to you by MSI's Prestige Creator Setup. The futuristic design makes a bold statement, but what's even more powerful lies inside. Featuring the latest 9th-gen CPU and dual-channel memory, creators can save up to 30% of their time to create and render with MSI's Prestige P100 Desktop. Complete the setup with MSI's 34-inch Prestige Monitor, which supports 4K resolution while also reveling in pure and accurate color hues. The investment matters. Learn more at MSI.com.
1: Today's guest is Alex Stead, an accomplished photographer and filmmaker specializing in travel, lifestyle, and adventure. Starting his passion for photography began 12 years ago, borrowing his father's camera to shoot his home city, London. Throughout the years, Alex developed his craft through education and assisting professional photographers. 12 years later, he works worldwide producing professional content with a select number of brands, most recently producing and directing part of the Nikon Z50 launch campaign. Alex... Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, how's it going? My
1: man, I'm doing so well, brother. I'm so excited to have you on the line all the way from London through the internet sphere to Boise, Idaho.
2: (laughs) I know it's working for the moment, which is great. Because everyone's on Netflix at this right moment.
1: How neat would it be? You know how like on Google Maps you can see the traffic patterns when it's like red, green, yellow. I'd be curious to see like the internet traffic patterns right now. I wonder if there's a
2: site that would show you. (laughs) How many people are on Netflix or watching just (laughs) crap online or on FaceTime or Skype? Because I think that's probably like a lot of the world's population right now.
1: What do you think about Netflix's... Uh, I heard they have, like, this thing where you can watch movies with friends. Like, you can have multiple people watching the same movie, pause it, and then, like, video chat, I think, and, like, talk or something. Have you heard about that? I
2: I have heard about this, but I kind of just prefer watching something, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want all my friends, like, talking. You know, like, those two people who whisper in the cinema, like, what's going on (laughs) in this film? It's like, shut up, just explain.
1: (laughs) That's what I thought. I'm like, that seems like, I don't know, that just didn't sound all that enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> just like i like to watch stuff with people i don't know i'm one of those people who like to watch stuff in silence and just like get really into it and if like you're chatting with all your mates you know when you like watch something with your friends like five or six friends and then you sit down and you, you're like you're gonna watch this but the end up just talking and drinking beer and yeah. then and you have no idea what's going on in the movie <laughs> i mean that could be a good thing i mean there's like right. the, the positive is it's like you can be sociable and that's yeah. the main thing
1: most definitely um why don't you start us off by sharing a little bit of background on yourself, Alex?
2: Well, I'm a London based <laughs> I was about to be like travel, but like I'm like unemployed <laughs> travel photographer currently. That's so yeah, funny. I'm a, <laughs> it's funny, but it's <laughs> it's it's not good. Um anyway, so I'm I'm a London based uh, photographer. Um I do work with like hotels, um, tourism boards, airlines, you know, a lot of different products, um, kind of work all over the world, which is I mean, I used to work all over the world. Um, but yeah, so I mean, my work's taken me everywhere, which has been a huge honor, like to be able to travel to some of the places and like the most unexpected journey ever, like especially how last minute some of my work is, is just that's what I love is like when someone phones me up on like Friday and I'm like, can you get on a plane on Monday and be here and do this you? And I'm like, yes. And that that's the stuff I love.
1: Um, well, we've always been huge fans of your work here at Artivisuals, and uh, your imagery, dude, is just so so dreamy, so vibrant, and it's definitely definitely makes you want to get the hell out of the house, especially especially right now. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well tackle the elephant in the room. Uh, what has the last few weeks been like for you?
2: I mean, this is not being a good time. I'm going to be honest. It's been pretty, pretty awful. I mean, like things for me started getting canceled pretty early on. Like I was meant to be in Hong Kong working for some clients. And obviously that's like one of the first places you don't go. Um, And then other like travel things and client work like over the world just kept on like closing down. Um, And then I kind of didn't realize how kind of serious this was going to get, especially as like in Europe. So I kinda of like started to look for more local work and um I was meant to be using speakings and uh speaking at like conferences and stuff in like the UK. Um and was looking for other work in the UK, I don't know, like product companies where I could be a bit more local. And just like everything started like completely, you know, collapsing into the point on Monday our Prime Minister came on the like the T V and was like, do not leave your house unless you want to go for a walk like once a day or like supermarket. It's just crazy how the last two months, uh, well, like, month, about month-ish, has, like, kind of panned out. Yeah, it's been... I can't really comprehend, like, what has happened, and I think his most important thing is, like, to save people's lives. There's no financial... Well, I mean, like, financially, like, people's lives are more important than money. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I think, anyway. And, like, you can't really put a price on someone's head and be like, oh, let's all just keep on traveling and ignoring the problem. As you said, the elephant in the room. So it's, like, I think it's most important for like, especially, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm young and fit and like healthy, but for, you know, to protect the people in like our countries who aren't so healthy. And you know, there's been stories out today where like very young people have fought, unfortunately lost their lives and they're perfectly fine people. They're like my age and they've, they've died. And it's just, I think it's really important that it, that message gets home and like, you know, I don't want to put friends, I've got friends who have underlying health issues and have been already for weeks for this like just hiding like i've got my grandparents who i can't see any obviously can't see anymore Mm -hmm. uh so i mean it's a really tough time you know you can't support people how you used to in your family like my grandparents are like 90 and i i can't like i saw them a few weeks ago and i was meant to be back up there and to go help them and um go see them and now it's like you i should not see i can't well i'm not allowed to anymore but like like a couple days ago i was allowed to and i can't i can't do it i can't you can't go and like say hi and have a chat and that's what those people kind of rely on so i mean it's a really tough time in terms of it's hit everyone's industry i think i think every single industry if you break it down i mean um just it just hits absolutely everyone
1: so how are you kind of coping uh with this as far as your professional life goes
2: um professionally like in terms of photography um You know, it's been a tough one because, like, a lot of people are like, oh, image licensing, that's going to, you know, start to pay your bills. And I'm like, I've had clients just pull out. They're like, we're not spending this money anymore. Like, there's no point. So, at the moment, like, it's pretty limited in terms of the work I can do. But, um, you know, it's very limited in terms of the work I can do. But I'm looking at kind of what I could be doing in in terms of, like, self-improvement, like, kind of evaluating you know, looking at my work, looking at my video work, especially, I'm mean, being like, what can I learn when in six months time or whatever, whenever we can get out and, you know, start working again. Um, if it's three months, if it's six months or whatever, like what could I do, which could make me like a better person, like in terms of like photo and video, uh, my website, my portfolio, how I present myself, um, if there's video content, I could re-edit for different purposes. Like, I think it's a really important time to kind of reflect on everything you do. Um, and I think it's important, like, I am ai work as a professional photographer, and I still watch YouTube tutorials on how other photographers do stuff. Like, I look at something, I'm like, that's so interesting how that person have got that, that tonal range or, you know, colors and stuff. And I'm like, I want to watch, like, multiple YouTube videos and, like, how, you know, not copy, obviously, there's nothing nothing gained in like going like there's nothing gained in copying people's work there's there's something to gain in like watching people's youtube videos and taking those like kind of tips and tricks and presenting it all together in your work and your style
1: right it's like adding it's like adding a new wrench to your toolbox
2: you know yeah i think definitely i think it's a really important thing it's just like not to go on the internet and be like right i'm gonna go find of someone's style I like and be like that's my style now. That's going kind to of, kind of just going kind to of, kind of copy that. Just like go online and like just watch tutorials. I've been watching tons of different tutorials if I found useful and just like kind of playing around with my images and how I can like use different little elements and bring them into my kind of style, but yeah. It's uh it's a tough time in the photography industry definitely.
1: It's uh it's kind of interesting you're talking about your grandparents. I'm assuming you're close with them since you brought them up. I'm close with my grandparents too. They actually, they called just after you were talking about your grandparents. And so I thought that, was funny. <laughs> but you know, we all know that this is a difficult time for everyone, but on the flip side of that, I also think there's a lot of positives coming out of this time. I know for myself personally, taking a lot, a it's nice to to be able to slow down, spend more time reading spend more quality time with my fiance, uh, as weird as it sounds, my, my animals, my cat, my dog, like yeah. just like, I'm like the busiest person in the house. So I get to interact with the family, I guess the least, um, especially the animals. So it's been really fun just to like play with the cat and be around and walk Dude. the
2: dog. And I've got my cat here at the moment. I've been <laughs> winding him up. He's used to no one being around. And then I just like, I'm home for weeks on end and just like, Hey, hey there, buddy. You're like, what's up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think some of the, the positives are for you during this time?
2: Um, I think definitely to like reset, as I was saying, like learn learn new things and kind of just reset and evaluate um, like what I could be doing better. So that's that's definitely it. I mean, fitness, especially for me, like I'm lucky enough still in one of those countries who are still allowed out of the house um, yeah, you look to chill. do exercise. You look, like
1: your jo- you look like an incredible guy. Like you, if you were in the movie, You'd definitely be a superhero.
2: Oh, dude. I would be like, <laughs> you know, after like half a mile of run, like I'm because just because like the travel is just so hard sometimes, especially like I really admire those like travel photographers who are like really fit and like really healthy just because I kind of struggle with that just because like, you know, usually how a day looks like working for a client somewhere abroad is like we get up at sunrise, we shoot sunrise, we have like a team meeting we do a shoot all day and then maybe we we could get to the gym but in that time you have like an hour or so free you're usually like phoning like your girl my girlfriend or something and like and then I try to get to the gym but you're just exhausted and then you've got to go back and shoot for sunset so like and then especially just like you're so sociable as a photographer like you have to be such a sociable person and just like um you know out for drinks and meals and stuff so like and then you're on flights and you're eating at weird weird times and you're (laughs) eating weird food so you just end up like like I used to be super fit when I was young I used to cycle like so much I used to cycle about six times a week um long distance and I used to be super fit and then I started like my career started to take over and really lucky to get opportunities and then I just started terrible like not terrible, like not eating as best as I should be, not being doing fitness as I should be. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something for me is like, I really want to start like going for a run, like cycle, get my bike back out. Like I've been cycling for the last few days, um, just around empty London. It's like a ghost town. Um, Yeah. It's actually just like so weird walking through London and just London's such a sociable city. Like most cities, it's just so weird. Like everyone looking at each other like suspiciously. Like really suspiciously, like looking at like them, gonna, like you're gonna rob each other, like wow. standing two meters apart, and it's just so weird. It's just on like everyone's just standing like two meters apart, walking two meters apart, and like if someone's like you're walking down the street and someone's on the like walking towards you, people literally just like, including myself, just cross the road. Like it's kind of just this surreal, like zombie land.
1: That's that's just that's so interesting. We haven't. I haven't necessarily felt that where I'm at, but I can only imagine, you know, being, I've been to London. And so I can only imagine how it is. Uh, you said something about some of the other people you've traveled. I'm curious who are some of the more impressively fit photographers that you've traveled with?
2: Uh, impressively fit. Uh, my friend Davis, he's like, I have done a couple of shoots with him. Um, and he's always super, super fit. He's like a videographer. He's not like a huge like social media person. He does like incredible videos. Uh, I traveled with him doing a lot of hotel work and like, he would motivate me a lot to get to the gym. Like he would go to the gym and he'd be like, you come in. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I do not want to go to the gym. Like we do, we've been up five hours and it's 10 AM. Like, what are we doing? Um, But yeah, like, and and then you see all these like people, I mean, that's the problem with social media. He's like, we watch all these people and they're like, I'm just doing my morning in yoga and like going for a 20 K run. And just like, you're like, what? like how, <laughs> um, yeah. Or like just pumping at the gym. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I mean, a big motivation for me is like, just try get relatively, like just go for a run, you know, try balance life a bit better with fitness. I think it's really important. And I've been trying to push it back into my schedule as much as I can over the last couple of years. It just always seems to get pushed off just cause like sometimes I have projects which just take a lot of planning. like, I, like as you read my bio out, you read about the, like, the Nikon project and that was like weeks of planning. Like we spent weeks on computers and on the phone to Japan and on the phone to all these people just like every single day from like 8 a.m. I'll be working for like 9 p.m. just like on planning, evaluation, permits, um, hiring people and just like you start to lose track of your days.
1: So let's, let's hop into your photography career. What caused you to pursue a career in photography?
2: Um, Career in photography. Like I always enjoyed photography as a kid. Like um, it had nothing to do with like social media or anything at the time. Like I was 13 and my school was offering photography classes so my dad was like, you should do photography. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do photography. I want to do football. I want to go out. And like, this is where it started. <laughs> um, like, I wanted to do football. Like, I was mad on football. I wasn't particularly good. But I wanted to play football, like, six times a week as a kid. But my dad was like, look, you should really look at, like, doing this. Because the photography classes would come over my team training. So I was, like, kind of having to make a decision there. Like, either spend four hours inside playing with cameras or four hours outside, like, playing football and kicking around and getting fresh air. So... Yeah, I did. I did photography in the end and I'm really glad I did just because like I spent between the age of 13 and 18 doing it at school. But this is like really basic stuff. I mean, uh, we were doing like black and white photography, developing our own film, you know, all the kind of like stuff, which I don't think very many photographers do now. I was doing like pinhole photography. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we made our own cameras and developed like our own film and learned all about these like like, completely weird and wacky techniques, like, uh, sprocket rocket cameras, like, all these toy cameras and stuff, so that was, like, super fun, um, but, like, obviously, that's five years of just kind of, like, being creative, and obviously, that's a huge part of photography, um, so after I left school at 18, um, I was, like, well, kind of sometimes at school, like, you're pushed to go to, like, university, like, you're not going to succeed unless you go to university, like you're going to be a failure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes there's career choices where you know, like, uh, in terms of my school personally, were like, didn't really, they were like university is the option. Like that's where you go if you want to be successful. So I decided to go to university, uh, to study photography. And I really quickly, like after a year I dropped out, like I did not like it. Like I didn't like the structure of how we were being taught. Um, it just felt quite stiff how we we're being taught and like, it wasn't what I wanted to be learning at the time. Like I knew what I wanted to be learning in terms of skills and how I wanted to take those. Um, so it totally wasn't for me. And like, I just hated the structure of, you know, the course and stuff. And I'm sure there's some fantastic photography courses out there and I'm sure my course wasn't ever so bad, but like, um, yeah, it just wasn't, it just in terms of the structure and how I was being taught photography, I didn't see it as the right way of being taught just cause it was just like, Photography shouldn't be a three-year university course. Like I hate to say, like to spend three years at university, like it should be like a like a two-year kind of like intensive because like we weren't doing anything most of the time. We literally like some weeks we weren't like literally like we'd have like one lecture a week and then they'd be like, here's a word and then go out and shoot what you think this word means and then come back next week and we're going to talk about it. And you're like, and then like because it was year one, the lecturers didn't want to be like brutally honest about people's work, which I love. Like if, if <laughs> someone could be brutally honest about like an image of mine and tell me like, that's terrible. You should really think about using this lens and editing differently. Or you know what I mean? Like, instead of like lecturers being like, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That's great work. Well done. To like every student or like, including like myself and like, you just, if they could be like, well, you could, be better there and there and there and this is not very good and you should go back and do that again i'd much you know, like rather that but i think it was just year one everyone's like you have to be nice to these students they're like 18 19 like you can't like be horrible to them about their work like, they're just gonna but i think that was like a that's part of the process is like learning what's wrong with your work if everyone's like oh your work's great like pal on the back like you're never going to make any improvements ever
1: right it's it's interesting so. too i think Everyone learns different in different environments. Some people love the classroom environment. And then there's those of us that just want to be like, we want the real world experience and want to learn through doing things and maybe apprenticeships like you did, which I think is obviously a great way to learn is to work underneath someone. What gear are you using?
2: I use Nikon gear or Nikon, depending who's listening. Yeah, I use all Nikon gear, which I'm probably like a rare dinosaur on this channel. Everyone's like 1DX or like Sony. I don't know what they're called. (laughs) Sony something.
1: Uh, Michael uh, Shane Bloom's still rocking Nikon or is shooting on Nikon.
2: Yeah. Um, We we are rare though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. Why do you think that is?
2: Um, I don't really know. It's a hard one. Especially as Nikon, like, I'm not just saying it because they, I work with them like a lot personally, like they have incredible photography gear, like incredible, like Z7, V850, amazing cameras, like photography wise, they make great lenses. I just think they're always like for the last few years, well, especially since I've been like fast, like for last five years, like since I've been in the industry, I've noticed that they always they kind of edge towards the older photographer kind of more like mature. And that's what I think personally. Um, but really recently in the last like year or two, like last couple of years, I think they've been trying to kind of edge towards the younger market, which has been great. Nick on to relate a bit to more people like young, my age and younger and like inspiring photographers, especially. So I, I don't really know why they have such a market difference with like, you know, Sony and Canon because every friend I have who shoots Sony or Canon, like I've got one or two people who shoot Nikon, which is like such a shame. I think some people are let down sometimes by their video. Um, I think that's maybe a reason why some people edge towards other brands is video quality Mm. Uh, and Nikon are getting there with their video. And I think, you know, I'm using the Z7 now with ProRes RAW, which is incredible. I think, don't hold me to this, but it's the first mirrorless camera, to hold ProRes RAW on like an Atmos system like that, um, which is pretty incredible. Please don't, I can't. I think it's one of the, I think it's the first one. I think it's the first uh, one to hold like ProRes RAW on like a DSLR, like a mirrorless camera. So, I mean, they are doing great things, but yeah, I, I honestly, it's hard to describe. Those are my just slight thoughts on like why Nikon isn't as popular, um, but yeah, it's a big question. I mean, they're probably thinking the same thing sometimes. <laughs>
1: What's your, what's your go-to lens for your work?
2: I travel with a variation of lenses. Like, especially when traveling, I've got to think of like, obviously weight first in terms of like, there's no point bringing so much gear that you're so way down and you're so unflexible that you can't walk up a mountain or like, can't even do your job. Tell me you
1: did that in the early days though. I know I did.
2: I uh, yeah. Bring, yeah. Everything. Like I was <laughs> packing everything. Like any, like I remember doing the first trip to Iceland with my friend, like as a personal trip, like we had a couple of like sponsors on board, but we just, <laughs> I remember checking in and the woman weighed our carry on. And I was like, even though my carry on now is totally overweight every time we were just packing, like everything. We were so excited. We're like, we could do this lens. We could do this, <laughs> to this lens. Like absolutely packed everything we could, um, you know, it's not even just packing photography gear. Like I think there is like a weird skill as being like a photographer who travels like to like tra- pack. Well, cause sometimes I go away with people and like, why are you packing so much rubbish in your suitcase? Like clothing and stuff. Like we're going away for like three days. Like, what do you think you need? What are we going to come across? Um, but yeah, so sorry. I go to, uh, lenses are, um, a 14 to 30 which is a Z mount lens for the new mirrorless. Um, and then I use a 70 to 200 and a 24 to 70. And then I got a lot of prime lenses. They've got like a 58 mil prime, a 35, uh, what else? I'm just looking over at my cat. Uh, yeah, I've got like a, like, if I brought this all on the plane, like, I think I might not be able to lift my bag, but like I have a lot of little different little lenses, which I bring along on different variations. Like I've got wider lenses, which are better for like astrophotography is that if there's a client who's like, we really want incredible night shots, I've got like a particular lens, which I know I absolutely love using, which is the 14 to uh, 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, But usually I only really carry like the four, uh, 14 to 30, um, the 70 to 200 and the 24 to 70. Like if those, those are the three lenses I would like take everywhere.
1: Nice. So, I'm curious, I I know you specialize in adventure and travel photography, but do you ever, uh, I know you don't really post any of this stuff, but do you ever like shoot portraits or any other type of photography?
2: Not massively portraits. It's mostly lifestyle. If I'm working with like a client, it's usually like, it's not just direct portraits. It's a lot about the environment. So like when we did like hotel photography, uh, I did a couple of hotels, which was like I love doing that kind of work. Uh, we're working with like a lot of models and stuff, but it's a bit more not like about the model. It's about the environment they're experiencing. Uh, if it's the restaurant or if it's the pool or whatever. So, um, I really like working with people. Like generally, like if you look at my work, there's a lot of outdoor work, but if you look more towards my commercial side, there's a lot more like people stuff in terms of like working with people in hotels or working with airlines or working with kind of tourism boards or whatever, like, working with personalities and stuff is I love doing. And, you know, sometimes it's great being out in nature, but I also like love working with people and, uh, especially the hotel work. I absolutely love kind of just like the tackling those kind of tasks. It's just like, just especially like we have so much to shoot when we get to a hotel. We've got like to do like most rooms in terms of like different genres of rooms. We've got like the a pool, we've got like the outdoor area and we've just got to like work through it with these models. And they're just mostly like, Like 99% of the time, they're super fun people, super nice people. And it's just like a joy of a job.
1: So so when you're working on, let's just use a hotel commercial shoot for an example. How do you approach the shoot? Do you have a shot list going in? Do you go and view the hotel first, take photos, check out the scenes, and then go back and, and come and get creative with the shot list to tell the story of the experience in these different environments and spaces? Or how do you go about tackling that?
2: Um, we do it all in one shoot just cause some of the hotels are quite far away. Um, you know, we usually, they're usually someone on site of the hotel who like the marketing person who knows what they want in terms of like what they need, what they're missing. Um, you know, it's not always been the case, which is sometimes not the most helpful thing because like sometimes you, that person's job is to like figure out what their hotel needs to market themselves best. And your job is to like, look at that list and be like, this is how we can do it um so that's usually how it works um so yeah we usually kind of like i usually when i get to a hotel we have like a meeting with the per that person and kind of talk through their ideas because sometimes they're not always realistic sometimes you gotta like kind of hone a bit into like realisticness into like the schedule like <laughs> like i remember working with the client in like shangala uh maldives and mauritius and our schedule oh my god like it was just intense like we really looked at the day and was just like, wow, this is they're gonna get their this is. worth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get to sleep. Like it was literally to the point where we were like just working from like sunrise, and then we would have like an hour maybe to have breakfast, and then she'd be like, Right, we're gonna like shoot for like all day, and it would like shoot for the whole day. Maybe have like we'd we'd get some food in between, maybe like sometimes we had like takeaway food, like because we were that busy, and then like 11 o'clock at night, I remember we were just like taking star shots at the models. And I was like, and then like you'd get back to your hotel room at like midnight and you'd be like, oh my God, I gotta like back everything up. And then the following morning, she's like, right, we've got to get in the pool at like sunrise to do this shoot. So, like the night before, obviously, you're like preparing all your underwater gear at like 1 a.m. You're like, is my photos backed up? Is everything good? Is everything good there? And then like, um, getting your underwater housing ready for like the next morning shoot. But I love that. I love kind of being put under pressure to work. So, um, yeah. So usually we just like kind of figure out a schedule. Usually doesn't always work realistically just because some shots are quite complicated. You know, I remember shooting Colombo in, which is in Sri Lanka and like, it hasn't been built yet. The city, like there is like, we were shooting basically like a building site. So you had to be, really thinking ahead as a photographer, like how am I going to make this place look built when I get on like, get these photos downloaded and edit. So you have to like take different layers of shots and then like figure out how you're going to make, like, I literally had some complete buildings, like in terms of like skyscrapers, which were obviously going to be complete. And I had to then (laughs) complete the skyscraper online with my Photoshop, which was just Oh, yeah. yeah, So, um, yeah, I mean, I, the hotel shoots are like fantastic, like working with a group of people and working through the problems and then, um, delivering it is really, really, I love doing that kind of stuff.
1: It's super cool to hear you talk about kind of the intensity of uh, during some of your shoots. My team and I talk about that a lot. It's kind of like you have this feeling of being a professional athlete in our sport operates in different ways like we don't have consecutive game days but sometimes like a game day is 48 hours you just yeah like it's like you're going to war you're packing everything up and it's just 48 hours of just like like you said shooting backing up depending on what's going on trying to get edits done catch a few hours of sleep and then you're just like back into it and you know keeping the mindset right staying positive keeping the vibes good because it's it, it's easy to to get down during that type of intense pressure. And it obviously helps to, especially if you're working with people to work with people that have good attitudes and things, because, uh, I think people's real personalities really shine in that like 16th hour, (laughs) you know? Yeah,
2: I agree. (laughs) Like having people you can trust is like when I get asked by like a client to build a team out and it's like, I've really got a great network of people who I know who are always down for anything and like who will just work so hard. Um, and, you know, I've worked with people before and they just haven't had that attitude. And sadly, I just don't work with them again because you need, it's particularly in like hard travel shoots, you need someone who can get on a 12 hour flight who can land and then go straight into a meeting They'll do a shoot and just like be legs running and just like not complain, like take it on the chin and just work as hard as like you possibly can. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's work ethic on, especially on travel stuff is super hard because, you know, I mean, I've gone really far like sometimes just for like a small shoot just like i've been to australia for like five days i remember my, me and my friend did like a five or six day campaign in australia and we had to fly there and we got there at 6 a.m and we were just like just had to get going and I was, we were just both just like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, what are we doing with our lives <laughs> um yeah and I had advertiser i flew to the middle east um end of last year and i like, I'd been really, really busy, like, weeks leading up to it. I got on the flight. I I went there for the day, and it was just a really weird trip. I'd flown there for, like, 12 hours, and then I just flew home. I was just absolutely exhausted. But it's, like, important to keep a great attitude, even though you're there and you haven't really slept in 18 hours, and, like, smiling to the client, like, hey, what's up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) How has photography affected your life path? You're, like – granted this is a this is an odd question because you're one of those unique people I feel like seems like photography has kind of always been integrated in your life um but was this I mean was this always where you thought you'd see yourself or was there something else you know
2: uh I definitely didn't see myself doing this professionally uh for a long time just because like I really wanted to do it professionally and I and knew it was what I wanted to do but it was just such a hard path to take in terms of like I didn't know what I was doing like in terms of the start in terms of like which direction which genre of photography um I wanted to go in in terms of like how I'm going to kind of specialize myself um and how I was going to start picking up early on clients like that was all a big learning curve especially like as I was um at university I did university and uh, this is this is not for me but like like what do I do now like I can't I don't want to just drop out and go work in something completely different. I love what I do, but this isn't right for me. So when I started to leave university, um, it was a really good breaking point for me because I was working really hard, like going to London, going for meetings with agencies, reaching out to a lot of people, working really hard on my portfolio uh, as best as I could at the time with not traveling much. You know, I remember me and my friend, like going to Iceland trying to i was trying to like build on my travel portfolio and just like learn stuff out there uh but that was like we were spending like nothing i remember we got like sponsored with a couple of like car rental but we literally slept in the back of the car for like nine days we were disgusting like i remember like one night it took us like three hours to cook pasta because it was so cold um so you like going from like doing that in like incredible places but i like really grateful for those experiences they made me what i am today but you know, going from that to be like having to undertake client shoots professionally and like understand budgeting, understand hiring people to permit is a huge learning curve and tool. And it's just like, it doesn't happen, I guess, overnight. I mean, I took the process out of university and I got really lucky, like, I say luckily, but like I was at the time, I was working really hard to reach out to many, as many agencies as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got picked up by like, I think it was Mercedes and Lufthansa and a couple other brands, you know, Adorama.
1: Mm-hmm. oh
2: yeah 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 i got i i met them in New York at one point um when I was there, and they started doing stuff with me, which later actually became with Ryan who you know yeah. um uh, so yeah like just meeting like certain clients when I was starting to go out of university was just such a like so important for me, but i w- that didn't just come by chance I wasn't just sitting at university at my desk being like what am I going to do tonight? I was like, I need to be reaching out as much as possible. I need to be out like shooting. I need to be building my portfolio and like pushing as hard as I can to try, like get out of university. Cause I need to have like a, a reason to leave university. Like, especially to my parents, like my sisters have gone to university. My other have a sister going to university and they've finished it, got great grades. And that's, that's sometimes like how you're expected to go. And like, when you're like, I hate this, like I want to leave. And they're like, what are you going to do now like what's what's your options and you're like wow and then like I started to get those opportunities and it really completely changed my life like getting those opportunities just while leaving university
1: so I'm curious so I saw that you were most recently in Namibia home to tons of wildlife and from what I hear a very large cheetah population Uh, I'm curious to what brought you there and, and what was that experience like
2: Namibia is epic. Um, what me, brought me there? Um, by the way, that what, video was sick. Was that? Oh, the video. Yeah, Thanks. The yeah. You
1: have great music taste, by the way.
2: Thank you. I spend a lot of time on those websites, <laughs> just like browsing <laughs> thousands of terrible songs to find that one. Dude. that's, actually, that's so Yeah, true. I, I actually found that song a few years ago. Because I, like, a few, like, five, four or five years ago, me and Ryan, like, I'd just come back from Oregon, like, a month ago on a project with Adorama. And then like, I met Ryan at that time and it got on really well with him. And he was like, dude, you have to come back to Oregon and shoot. So I went back to Oregon and just me and Ryan had one of the best weeks shooting ever in like Bend, Oregon. We went to like, we just did, had the most incredible sunrises and stuff. And we made like a couple, I made a couple of small videos about our experience and stuff, just like fun little videos. And just like, I picked up some incredible songs from that. And yeah, I was like, I have to pull this one back out of the bag because I just love
1: it. Dude, shout out um, Ryan Field, by the way.
2: I know Ryan is Ryan's great. You know me and him have travelled a lot for you know work. We went to New Zealand. We went to Norway. We went to Faroe Islands, Iceland, and you know we've been through a lot together in terms of travel. Mm-hmm. You know we've spent months. We like our longest project was like five weeks content continuously wow. filming for Adorama. So like we spent a lot of time on the road together. That dude, that's that's intense. So. Namibia. God, I can't even remember your original question. Namibia. I got totally off topic no, talking no, about the song. That's the
1: part about talking with me, bro. We just jump all over the place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Namibia. Like, I was actually thinking in my head. I was like, what did I actually start talking about? Uh, Namibia, yeah. So, I actually had a, a friend's wedding in South Africa. And um, so, it wasn't a client project or anything. I got a couple of sponsors out of Namibia to kind of, like, make the trip happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Namibia was just totally, like, a thing I wanted to do. Um, and I didn't, I was planning on just going to the wedding in Cape Town, just, like, chilling with my friends for a few days and then, like, flying back home. But, um, yeah, me and my girlfriend decided to, like, go to Namibia for, like, 10 days. And it was incredible. Like, such a mind-blowing country. Was huge. I know that sounds really stupid, but it's just vast. Um, but in terms of, like, you, there's a normal drive you would, you would do, which was, like, you know a normal drive would just be like 500 kilometers and just be like no one around for 500 kilometers you'd just be driving endlessly um to get places there's everything's really spread out like you're like oh i want to go to this place and i'm like emma that place is freaking like eight hours away non-stop <laughs> driving it, it's a it's a really harsh environment as well like we luckily were like geared out with this huge rig and like this monster truck uh but, yeah i'm glad we were really kitted out for that environment because i remember we were we met these people and they had like this crummy little four by four like like Citroen, and they'd already had like two bus tires and we were like oh i was like the nearest place to change your tires is like 300 kilometers away and you're like oh my god oh. It's, it's a wild country and there's like insane like where all the dunes are which is called oh god i'm terrible at pronounce it. It's, it begins with s so so, 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 so they looking like, like, for help, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at you for help rod yeah if you look up dunes in namibia like the biggest some of the biggest dunes are there and it's super easy to find i mean you, you can't miss it it'll be on google straight away but like places like that would just incredible like i remember we spent a couple sunrises at the dunes and we just like every two minutes we'd pull over a dune and just shoot like a different dune and it would just be so different every time like the shadows would be changing constantly um but yeah and then i rented a helicopter which was another thing on my bucket list to do there over the dunes those and shadows uh are sick those yeah those it was really insane. insane it was um a good you know they're not cheap but like it's one of those bucket lists for me. Um, God, we were talking about finance earlier. We're like, how good are we at saving? And and I'm uh, there, like Namibia. Just been like, <laughs> I me a helicopter. <laughs> um,
1: you gotta, you gotta reward yourself sometimes. You, you no, that's what I
2: definitely yeah. think. Yeah. I think and at the moment, friend, I was like, yeah, I agree. And like at the moment, I was like, I really, I've always wanted to do this. Like Namibia has been on my bucket list. If I don't just make the most of it now, and I have, you know. I've had a you know good few months before that in terms of like income and stuff. Um I really wanted like get these shots from the air and like it was really unique.
1: Um dude, I don't know why this just popped. I'm going to de- I love derailing conversations so I'm going to derail us again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about licensing photos earlier and I was just thinking about you renting a heli in uh, Namibia and it's, it's probably not a ton of aerial footage out of that place and you have these platforms like art grid granted i don't know how they pay their collaborators on the back end but i was just curious if you ever thought about licensing your uh, or if you've ever licensed your video footage
2: not really in terms of video footage i haven't really done much video work i've done a bit here and there for like especially in the last two years i've been doing like little projects here and there but mostly it, People come to me for photography um so video has always been like an aside thing which i'm really starting to push now you know like especially with like nikon's new z7 with an atmos and ProRes RAW is insane so that kind of combination is really really good good for me and i spent namibia kind of learning how to use that that um that kind of rig and that kind of setup um so that that was kind of like why i made a video like with the namibia it wasn't really like it was like had spectacular footage, but didn't really have much story or like much going for it in terms of that. I just kind of like wanted to take this new kind of setup, working with an Atmos and stuff and just take a, like a load of footage and really learn how to use it and how it works in post, you know, working with ProRes Raw. Mm
1: Yeah.
2: What's
1: the, what's that workflow like real quick working in the ProRes Raw?
2: Um, The files are huge, Um, (laughs) absolutely ginormous uh it's incredible like the you know it's so much detail you can pull out so much detail and it's been so great to color grade the photos uh color grade the video and stuff so uh in that direction it's been it's been really good in terms of the dynamic range of what the nikon it can do it's just been um pretty mind-blowing but yeah um but image licensing, sorry, I sidetracked again. Yeah, video. <laughs> uh, video image, I've never really done that. Like, people come to me and I try to put out my best work on my website or as much as I can. And people come to me, uh, especially for image images, and be like, do you have this particular image? Or, like, I've seen you been to Italy or you've been to Namibia. Do you have, like, a, this, this image that we're looking for? Um, so, but, yeah, I've never really gone into video uh, licensing as much.
1: Hmm. Okay. Uh, Maybe it's something to look into. <laughs> yeah. You know, what would be sick is getting like a collective, of, <clears throat> because I have a feeling like art grid and those companies, I have, a, I have a feeling they probably don't pay the creators all that much, you know? Um, but what would be really interesting is getting like a collective of like awesome content creators and having like a specific platform where you can only get the footage there, and just having like lots of really rad, high-end quality video from all over the world, but you can you can't buy it on these other places, and then you kind of have a little more control over the pricing and and, and, and how much goes to you know you guys, the artists. That's a kind of interesting concept.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that would be cool, especially the amount of unique content a lot of travel people have on their hard drives. Mm -hmm. Like me, I've got tons of drone footage or like video footage, which is just kind of like cool for me to have. But I reckon there's lots, lots of people like me who just, you know, their main priority to be in that location is to get photos or mostly photography, if so. And then they just take some video on the side or get their drone up and take a incredible drone footage or whatever. So yeah, I mean the amount of, you know, incredible creatives there are. And if they all pull together, uh, but I've got a you know, you have that sinking feeling where like, you're just going to get killed by like, like Adobe or someone who's just going to like <laughs> take you down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these huge giants like Getty. I don't think Getty do video. Do they? I don't know. But yeah.
1: Right. Um, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's pros and cons to both, uh, of those, but, um, I, I definitely think there's something to be said about small, highly curated, you know, premium clips versus just the everyone uses this stuff type stuff. But yeah, definitely. Um, what are some of the most memorable experience of, experiences that you've kind of had through your travels?
2: Uh, memorable have definitely been last year. I last minute got an opportunity to work with a client in uh, Svalbard, which is just northern Norway. Um, and you don't really get those opportunities very often in terms of like Arctic or Antarctica, just because they're extremely expensive and they're usually very, very busy in terms of like fully booked. And these packages, you know, you can imagine how expensive it is to go to one of those places. Um, so I got an opportunity from a client who I'd been talking to, um, and they were like, look, like we have free space on a ship to in Svalbard. For 10 days, uh, I think it was like 10 or 11 days, but you've got to get there by Monday. And this was like, I can't remember. I think it was like Friday. And Svalbard is a really remote place. Like trying to get a flight, like people who usually go on those ships, book a flight a year in advance to get their seat. Um, so like I had this incredible opportunity to go on this boat, but I couldn't get a flight. I spent like two days trying to get a flight. Like I was literally on like kayak skyscanner, every single thing, just trying to book a ticket. Like I didn't care about the route. Like I didn't care. How, how, like, but the route just got ridiculous. So, but I managed to, uh, like a day before, like get a ticket. It was stupidly expensive. Um, and it was like three layovers, a hotel a airport. The flight was fully booked. The hostess yelled at me. Cause I had like a 400 mil, uh on the plane, um but yeah, I got there um and got on this ship and spent like eleven days just in the most incredible environment, like we saw like so many polar bears um the landscapes were wild, and it was like a complete adventure, like we had no s- phone signal for the entire trip, and there was only you know ten of us on board this ship. Um, which is sh- super special because sometimes the exhibition, the, the ships up there are like 150 people. Like the Nat Geo Explorer is 150 people, so you don't really get that kind of like intimacy with the landscapes and the nature because mm-hmm. you're on this like ba- basically big cruise ship. But we were on this like cruise ship are and like no longer a thing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Done, yeah, yeah. Cruise ships are no longer a <laughs> yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one um but yeah like doing that exhibition really changed my view on like doing those kind of trips like because i Mm. initially was, i wasn't that pumped to go like i was like i'd love to do that but i never really get excited always about a trip just because i've been like not let down by clients in the past but sometimes you you talk about opportunities and you're like that would be awesome and then it, it just doesn't you know budgets don't come through or like they change their direction in marketing. You end up just really disappointed in your heart. So I never really get just dis- like excited about any trip until like I'm on the flight or I'm on the, on the shoot just cause like sometimes people can cancel last minute and well, yeah. things can change. Um, taking the Buddha but yeah,
1: I don't taking the Buddha approach.
2: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know that that trip was really incredible. Like just some of the most wild landscapes ever just like keeps blowing my mind. Um, all the time when looking back at the images.
1: I'm going to have to go and scroll through your Instagram and, and find some of those guys. Um, yeah,
2: there's a, there's a blog post on my website which has, like, a ton of images, which, yeah, have a check out of that. That's kind of, like, gets the journey. Which one is it? The I've uh, got, I got like, three. Yeah, the polar bears, so... Ooh. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's just, like, super... Crazy environment, yeah. really harsh, and like twenty-four hours a day of daylight, which is so weird because you would kind of lose. Freaking beautiful, oh, thanks, appreciate it. But you would lose like track of your day because one a.m. would look like one p.m. So you could go <laughs> up on the bridge of the bow, and like obviously there'd be someone on watch and like going through icebergs and stuff, like navigating through like ice fields or whatever. And you just get up on deck at like 1am and just sit there and watch ice and like walruses just like float by and just like, what, what is life? (laughs) This is like the most, I just barely, I don't think I slept that much on that trip just because I was always on deck just staring out like a kid, just like, (laughs) wow.
1: That's the best though when you get to be that present and that excited where you just get to really just soak in the moment and like not have to just be shooting all the time, just kick it and just absorb it all in.
2: Yeah, no agreed.
1: Uh, present day, Alex Stead, what's a typical day look like for you?
2: Like in the office?
1: Yeah. Out, let's not, outside of, of what you're experiencing now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what am I experiencing now is I'm allowed to walk around the block. Um, <laughs> like a normal day, like when I'm at home, when I'm working, is like, you know, drink a lot of coffee, Firstly uh but usually emails and phone pardon
1: cold brew or hot
2: usually hot coffee nice yeah um but yeah i get up like i usually have like a fair amount in in boxes um it depends what projects are like at the time like sometimes i'm quiet and it's like quite nice because i like spend those days like doing stuff i want to do like edit photos or edit video footage so just spend the whole day like editing photos I want to do or like edit video footage. And then other days it's like when you've got a project coming up and you've got to like be on the plane next week and you've got to organize your client, it's like you're constantly on the phone and you're doing, you're doing planning and you're like trying to sort through stuff and you're figuring out all the details and making sure everything's good. So like a day can go pretty, pretty fast when you're like, like emailing all day, just like Mm -hmm. sorting out details and stuff.
1: Uh do you have any hobbies or or do you have any other hobbies outside of photography or special interest kind of at the moment right now?
2: That's a hard one. Like 'cause I I don't really have any other like a lot of people ask me like what else do you do but photography? I'm like I do photography in my spare time when like if like I've got time free, I'm like I'm like, oh I'd love to re-edit this photo or like do this <laughs> video or watch like a YouTube video of like someone talking about photography I don't know like I really just like live and breathe photography and I know that sounds maybe slightly cringy but like (laughs) when, when I'm not meant to be like doing emails or whatever like I'm literally doing photography um but hobbies wise like as we like kind of discussed earlier like this is you know a tough time and like everyone's got to find new hobbies like there's a certain amount of editing and website improvement and stuff you can do before like you you're running out of things to do like locked inside your house or like Mm. so like fitness like for me recently has been like trying to really push myself to become like fitter um just like going for a run or like cycle and stuff or like do some home workout um just anything to do with that is like i'm really trying to like push on that for myself just to get fitter and stuff just because like sometimes you drink way too much on trips like in terms of like dinner and it's like with the client you're like ah, oh, some wine and then like six days later you're like I've oh got I never want to drink again um, and then you just like end up eating at weird times you know when you do it like if you ever done like the New Zealand run like from London you do like three flights and you end up just eating <laughs> you feel like all the time and then that just comes yeah you're just eating lots of rubbish food on flights <laughs> and just like eating at weird times you know like you're on a flight and then you're eating at like 1 a.m your your home time and stuff so um yeah fitness for me like it used to be really important to me when i was younger like i used to cycle a lot Mm -hmm. um so super important to me at the time um but now it's like coming back that i really need to like kind of get in shape and like um you know push on that
1: you should you should do an epic ig story photo shoot with your cat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be awesome to see
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely getting to that point where I need to like do something with a camera or I'm just going to go mad um, yeah at the moment like we were saying like my cat is used to no one being around and I just annoyed the heck out of it like I just went upstairs to like just annoy it like I was just <laughs> playing with like him yeah, but he's just used to like no one being around all day he can sleep for eight hours and that's it but now he's got like us home so we're just like hey there buddy (laughs) like what's up (laughs) so i might have to like enroll him for a photo shoot and like start doing some tutorials like how to shoot your pet cat uh
1: what fires you up like is are, are there any specific topics or anything that you're super passionate about you know if you had three beers four beers in you and someone brought up you know a specific thing like this or that like what what gets you going
2: god i don't know like i love talking about photography like or i don't know like travel and stuff with people um i don't know that's like a
1: anything like community economics global warming you know just any anything outside of photography
2: um anything outside of photography god (laughs) what else do i do in my life um This is a tough one. You might have to cut this a little bit. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what I do in my spare time when I talk to people. Um, I I haven't got an answer for that question. I don't know what I.
1: What about the 10 year old Alex? Uh, Would the 10 year old Alex be proud of where you're at today, you think?
2: I think definitely. I think, like, looking back, like, how I've developed, like, especially when I was a kid, like, especially when 10 years old, like, my parents were super worried because i was super dyslexic like i could barely read and write like i was not very academically good at school um then they obviously really helped me out at that time they were like you really need to like get your crap together and like start to learn to like learn english and like get better at maths and stuff so you can get through school grades but like looking back then like how like i could barely like do much in terms of i was really dyslexic at the time and that shouldn't really be excuse. but i really struggled with like english and maths and everything and like i was like at, when i was doing exams at 16 like I, I think i didn't have much confidence that i was going to actually kind of pass in terms of all of those mm-hmm. um to like now when i'm like handling these like client shoots and like, like handling like a group of like 10 people on a shoot for like 10 days like it kind of blows my mind that that's like come a reality in terms of like just self-development and stuff from like the dyslexic kid who could hardly like do any like English and stuff to like mm-hmm. someone like writing, you know, emails daily to like really like respected clients and stuff. So yeah, it's like a big process.
1: Hell yeah, brother. That makes me happy. It's always a good thing, you know, and not, you know, not everyone can say that the 10 year old themselves would be stoked about where they're at in life. And so that's always a, a really great, great feeling. Um, with what you know now, is there anything that you wish you would have known like when you were younger as far as just life, you know, just life
2: experiences? Um, that's a tough one. I think there's a lot of things I would like to know. Like when I was younger in terms of like, um, development as a photographer and like as a person, um, you know, I was always like when I was younger, I was always wanting to be that step ahead and stuff. Like I was always wanted to push like further and further Uh, and get better and better but like I would you know it's just like talking back to my younger self I'd be like just relax a little just like take it easy a bit like more just like do more photography just just relax a little and enjoy the process instead of being you know so stressed out that you're not gonna you're not gonna make it or you're not gonna do what you want to do and I know that's part of that's kind of like hypocritical I guess because like part of that drive what is what I did today is like what made me today but at the same time I remember being just so kind of like some some stressed out when I was younger I was like I'm not getting any work I'm not getting paid like what am I doing like is this the right choice I really wish I just like kind of took a breath and was just like okay like I just need to relax a little and just you know enjoy the process and mm-hmm. yeah
1: love that enjoy the process there's so much to learn in the process it's easy that all the anxiety and stress you know comes with wanting the destination but the process is really where the magic happens yeah i agree with that said uh you have tons of of followers and fans and tons of fans from the aov community uh listening to this episode so uh as a parting gift we os- we oftentimes have our guests leave the the community with some words of wisdom and inspiration so what would you like to share with uh these amazing beautiful people listening to this episode
2: god that's a tough one like at the moment it's a really tough time for everyone so i really want everyone just like be safe be sensible um but you know drive on those passions you have and just like learn those skills you haven't been able to learn in the past year because you've been too busy it's like the time to pick up those skills you want to like improve on and just yeah and then when we've all done we've like sat at home and hopefully you know this all this all goes and we get back to like exploring and traveling. We'd have those skills and we'd be able to take our like video skills and photography skills to the next level.
1: Alex Stead, ladies and gentlemen, you can find him on Instagram at Alex underscore Stead. That's S T E A D. Be sure to subscribe. Be so be sure to share. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the next episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Cheers.
0: The MSI Creator Awards is honoring creative professionals all over the world who are dedicated to 2D graphic design, 3D animation, and video editing. MSI created the online contest to explore and recognize the talents in the industry. Get ready to let your imagination run wild and showcase your unlimited creativity with MSI content creation. Submissions run until May 13th, and prizes will be awarded within four categories. Learn more at MSI.com.